Welcome to this episode of The Lounge. Please be advised the views expressed are not the views of the SNMA. everybody welcome to sma presents the lounge whether you're in the student lounge doctor's lounge or lounging around at home get ready to join sma for meaningful conversations on topics affecting minorities in medicine and groups that often sit at the margins of healthcare. this is your boy student dr alderon straight from the bronx flies doc out here <laughs> Hey, y'all. I'm student Dr. Isabella. Uh, You know, the one who comes with the facts when she can. And yeah, hoping that y'all enjoy this episode. What's up, everybody? This is student Dr. Erica Dingle. So happy to be with you today again in the lounge. And we are about to get into it. So for our preclinical students, running the patient list on the wards allows the team to address pressing matters of the day. In this segment of the show, we'll be discussing some recent events in medicine affecting our communities and the populations we serve. This is our election episode. My Ooh. loves, let's get into it. Four for four. It's been, been a crazy couple this. of days. I've been waiting on this. Y'all go hear what I have to say because <laughs> it's weighing on my heart. Let it out, <laughs> let it out. <laughs> I'm so glad to be talking about this with you guys. Honestly, you know, and I was just uh, talking to uh, our wonderful boss earlier about this, but like, I felt just so weird this week. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> for like during this election time, I don't know. Like, I think that there was a lot of uncertainty, you know, going around what's going to happen, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is this is the mm-hmm. first time we've ever done elections in the sense that not everybody's going to the polls because of this current pandemic. A lot of mm-hmm. people did mail-in voting. We don't even know if we're going to get the results the same day. It's just a lot of new things that w- this country wasn't used to when it came to the voting process. And I think that I w- we were all, I think, feeling super nervous, super anxious about like what's about Facts. to happen. We was to... And- you know, hopefully this is going to enter the episode, but we even like did a, a live reaction of like what was going on while it was happening on election day. And hopefully mm-hmm. our listeners are able to hear that. But, Oof. you know, we, we didn't know what was happening. I know because we were you know, stressed. All, we were definitely stressed. <laughs> we were looking at the screen like what is going on? Like right. Biden was actually, losing like crazy. It was like, yo, what? Right. Nah, it's not happening. <laughs> we didn't know what states was going to be blue, what states was going to be red. And I, mm-hmm. I think at the time, like, I don't think we could have imagined how the results ended up turning out. Like, honestly, I was shocked. I was surprised because the day of the election when they were counting things up, it wasn't looking super, super favorable on his side. And Mm -hmm. so like now when they came up with, oh, uh, Biden's flipping this state and that state, I'm like, oh, like, okay, people turned up. Like people actually came out to vote. And I think that just goes to show that our democracy process is just, it's real. And it, it really does make a difference. Yeah, it is definitely legitimate. Like, shout out to the people that did the mail-in ballots and did not give up the privilege to vote, especially in urban areas. You see, like, Philadelphia, Atlanta, where initially you look at Pennsylvania and Georgia, and it was like, damn, like, Biden, you getting killed right now. And then when the mail-in ballots came in from these urban areas, like, whoop, it was was like trending all the way up. We all the way up. You know what right. I mean? So it's it's been such it's so beautiful to see like the fact that we really came out in droves and really respected the integrity of the democracy, as you mentioned, Isabella, is, is so important. 
to the process of being in America. And I, I'm so glad, even though over 70 million people voted for the other individual, I'm glad <laughs> that on our side, we had enough. Like we had a whole army of people rallying right. behind Biden. And uh, I, I just look forward to seeing what's going to happen for all of us, you know, in the near next couple of years. And on January 20th, 2020 at 12 p.m., better get your butt out there. I'm telling oh, you. That's right. Shout out to every, listen to our our listeners, loungers, and the black people that came out and voted. It like I think in the most, it, it, it seemed to be the biggest turnout of voters in a long time. I mean, in multiple right. states. So it, it just kind of shows how integral we really are to shifting things. Like black people, we get it done. Make right. no mistakes. We and get it done. I didn't make it clear. He said it in his and I just want to make he a very sure quick I want to make a very quick disclaimer. This is not the views of SNMA, okay? Like this is the right. views of Isabel uh Aldwin and Erica that mm-hmm. is on an SMA podcast, but we and want Isabella this- too. You're not free from that either. Okay. Oh yeah. No, I said, I said <laughs> my like, name. Oh, y'all, you're right. I said my name. <laughs> this, this is definitely not the views of SMA. <laughs> That's on period. But um, I'm like, the point of this is that we just kind of want to make this a platform where we can all kind of say our views and hopefully whether it resonates with you, or if it doesn't resonate with you, you guys can feel like you have a voice to speak on it. And hopefully given your own responses, um, email the podcast and kind of talk about how you felt about it. Um, but once again, we're, this is not the views of SNMA as a whole because everybody has their own views. Right. So just making that quick disclaimer, but yeah, I want to say that Biden noted that um, the black community put hit, put themselves on their backs. Like we carried this man to mm-hmm. being the president elect. Let, let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, he said it. He said that since his you know time in uh, in government, like it's always been black people who have been advocating for him and giving mm-hmm. him the opportunities that he has. And that just goes to show you how we we always show up, right? And so, mm-hmm. and he said, is his time now? Is his time now to show up for us? I'm gonna hold him to it. I'm hold him accountable because right. it's, it's time for us to start holding what these politicians say accountable. No matter how much mm-hmm. we want change from the current administration, we also have to look at the people that we're supporting and making sure that they stick to their word, right? Because essentially, mm-hmm. it's our lives on the line at the end of the day. You know, like that's what Absolutely. it comes down to. Yeah, when you vote, you vote for an individual to represent your ideals, your ideation, your thoughts and perceptions of the world, and also for the opportunity. America is a place for opportunity. And I think we deserve an opportunity, especially in the black community, to excel, to have opportunities to be better individuals each and every day. And so we should hold them accountable. And I'm I'm hoping, you know, oftentimes you see politicians come into office and they have this, you know, glamorous dream of helping people and they have these plans. But it really is about, you know, initiating those plans and putting them into place. So I hope that they really come to fruition. So I have very high standards. Hopefully he doesn't fail us. Yeah, right. speak, speaking of those plans, so just so you guys know, we had a conversation and decided amongst ourselves what <laughs> concerns and what topics would, I guess, benefit us, um, mm-hmm. or what we were most concerned about. So the topics right. that you'll hear today were deliberated on from these hosts, my lovely co-hosts, and that's mm-hmm. what y'all are going to get. But before that, I must acknowledge the first <laughs> black y'all know I gotta do it I black and Go ahead. Indian my soror 
Yes, ma'am. I love it. I love it. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Listen, VP Kamala Harris. Give it up one time. Here. Love that for you. Yes. Okay. Let's not. Let's let me go. add. Let me add Howard alumna. Okay. 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 Yep, go ahead. Throw can't, it in. Can't forget that. So to all my HBCU grads as well. And to all my Howard alum bison. Okay. She's here for us too. Okay. But. Like let's let's make this clear, right? Let's make this clear. Yeah. She gonna get it too in this in this episode. She's not exempt. We're also holding her accountable, right? Because at the end of the day, we know that both of them have had a past that possibly is controversial. Um, they've done some positive things. They've also done some things that are probably seen as negative. And we know that initially when they were kind of getting their foot into uh, running, um, we mm-hmm. were a little bit hesitant about some of their policies that they had in the past. And so we're going to address that too. And I want to make that clear to the audience. Like we are going to address that and um, yeah, and, and make sure that uh, everyone is being held accountable to what they've said and what they're claiming to do um, moving forward in this administration. So yeah, like uh, Erica said, oh, sorry, Alwyn, I mean, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was going to say just another shout out too to the Caribbean people, especially the Jamaicans, you know, Kamala Harris is Jamaican. So, Yadi, you know what I'm saying? Line away, bust a line real quick, you know? So, shout out to that, the energy and the people out there too. Because she represented Yadi too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but. So, we definitely. Oh, sorry. We came up with these concerns from a uh, specifically from like a determinants of health point of view. So why don't we start with the affordable care act and what might happen with that healthcare? Yeah. That's actually been something that's like, everyone has kind of been concerned about. I think one of the main things people have been concerned about, which was the mm-hmm. Affordable Care Act. Um, pe- we know that since uh, the previous administration, and I'm going to say previous administration, because in my, based on the current facts, this is the previous administration, we're dealing with the current administration. Right. Right? Right. The previous administration, um, you know, he has always been um, kind of against the Affordable Care Act. Um, and honestly, anything that had to do with Obama, he's just been against. And we know that he was kind of putting that under attack. Um, however, of course, with the new administration being a, a previous VP of the Obama administration, he mm-hmm. is still with that. He still wants to bring that into uh, back into, I guess, our current society. And so uh, Biden has definitely said that he of course, wants to continue the Affordable Care Act, that he has voted yes on many things involving that, including negotiating uh, uh, medicine prices for people who have Medicare, um, Mm -hmm. even like making sure that children have um, something called the state children's health insurance program, that they're eligible for that. Um, He's even uh, also worked with the Kaiser Family Foundation and making sure that African-Americans can decrease their uninsured rate and he's done that where it's gone down from 19 percent to 11 percent for african-americans and even from for non-elderly hispanics um from 40 percent to 25 percent so we know he's been working hard with that and even kamala harris has um we know that she was pretty uh close with bernie sanders at some point and she Mm -hmm. also was with him when it came to some of the things regarding health insurance um she signed on to the single payer bill that bernie sanders had which would essentially get rid of insurance industry and health insurance provided by um employers and try i think to make like was it like a medicare for all thing that i think he was trying to do mm-hmm. and so and so essentially with that we know that they have this plan of making sure that everyone essentially is covered by a health insurance system right and mm. that 
greatly differs from the previous administration who was kind of concerned about, okay, like, well, we're still going to stick to this plan of whether you have a job or whether you're able to afford it versus everyone is deserving of this health care. And I think that's an important distinction to make. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's beautiful to see that uh, Kamala Harris and Biden, they especially Biden uh, in the previous when he was with um, Obama, they've done such tremendous work, particularly for communities that we come from. And I think for me, like healthcare is not a privilege for the privilege. It is should be a universal right. And when right. you talk about those statistics, when you talk about decreasing from 19 percent to 11 percent non-elderly African-Americans like that is huge, you know, and even for myself, you know, being in medical school, I ain't gonna lie. You know, I talked about this before. I have no health care insurance during medical school, still mm. kind of working on that right now. Now to have that as an available option moving forward with Biden and having that persist for possibly for the next several years. I think it's uh, incredibly important for us to, you know, take note of that and take advantage of this to put right. that information out into the world and say, hey, like, yo, we have this opportunity in the black community to take care of our health, to have these opportunities to take care of us as individuals and promote um, health and wellness. So I'm curious, really Alden, for you to go a little bit into like why you didn't have health insurance. Uh, was it that like joint, that joint was too expensive? I'm not paying thirty yeah, five hundred dollars for insurance from my school. So right. you know, okay. what I mean, I'm I'm just gonna be honest. It, it was right. just frustrating. Like I already got enough loans, and then I'm, my loans that I'm paying for insurance is gonna get interest and it's gonna build already. I'm already at three hundred k in in debt. And I know a lot of medical then. students. My boy, right. same thing in med school. He didn't. He don't got health insurance. So and I'm over the age of 26 so i can't really rely on my mom and it's crazy right. like recently you know i'm also part of the osteopathic committee affairs committee um i'm one of the chairs for snma and we had one of our guests who's a, a physician a do and um he was talking about when he was in medical school his mom actually worked a second job to get to allow him to get health insurance during medical school and you hear wow. that it's like wow like we gonna be future doctors. How can we not have access to, you know, like healthcare? At least cheap healthcare. I'm not paying four hundred dollars for health insurance, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you bring up you bring up a good point, Alvin, with regards to just the amount of loans we accumulate over time. Listen, from undergrad, some people mm. do master's programs right. and now medical yep. school. So, uh, one of the good things that I think um, the Biden Harris administration will bring hopefully they'll actually stick to it you, have y'all seen the memes where it's like listen january 21st mm -hmm. we looking for this right for universal universal student loan forgiveness um so according to forbes.com uh biden mm -hmm. has or let's president elect biden let me put some respect on his name has okay. adopted yes Oof. senator shivers, elizabeth warren's <laughs> senator elizabeth warren's plan to provide $10,000 in student debt cancellation for every student borrower, um, specifically as coronavirus relief and stimulus. Um, but there are so many other ways that they are looking to help students out, including working to reduce the debt that students have to take on in the first place. So mm -hmm. this campaign has said that they will make public colleges and universities tuition free for students mm. coming from families earning less than $125,000. So when mm. you consider the median nope. household income of US uh, of US citizens, excuse me, it's just under 62,000. So 
Wow. A good percentage of, um, I always want to say patience, Lord, a good percentage <laughs> of Americans, <laughs> mess with y'all. a good yes. percentage of Americans will actually benefit from this. Um, and that's just one of the things that kind of sticks out that would really help improve, um, improve where we stand as students and for students that want to move forward and yeah. Lord knows you know, I'm waiting for my check. Period. Listen, I'm waiting for my check. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Even so also, happy. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to also talk about the fact that the another part is that they're uh, for students in uh, HBCU uh, private institutions. They're right. also going to um, rid loans from there as well. So I'm like, yo, take this 100k off of me from being at Morehouse School of Medicine. I'll take I, that. I you know, I need that, that energy. Yeah, because we just got to pray with this this runoff uh, in Georgia um, between the uh, Senate, um, John Ossoff and then uh, Raphael Warhawk, Warhawk, um, (laughs) that they win um, because the the problem is that, um, you know, we we need a majority, you know, in Senate to have a lot of these initiatives in place. And shout out to Stacey Abrams, though, for, you know, pushing that, pushing endeavors out in Georgia and making sure that the voters are out there and making sure that we well represented as well because it's, hey, it's going to be crazy now to the minute. She's single-handedly registered. I want, like, I want to say she's single-handedly registered at least 80,000 voters. And I, you know, we could, we could fact check that, but she registered a lot of voters um, because Georgia has not flipped or been blue in how many years. And that's not normal. Um, so like that, I just want to give, credit to her and just kind of remind everyone that once again, black people have been the bane of this election process uh, for this cycle. And Biden has to owe a lot of his success to these black people who have gone out, who have sweated, who have sacrificed and really tried to push people who probably usually haven't voted to vote. And it's clearly it's made results. It's shown that it really is about coming out and doing your part and doing the work. Um, So yeah, shout out to Stacey Abrams, shout out to other people who also did their part too. I think there was a congressman uh, who was on CNN who was talking with Don Lemon, who, you know, also Mm -hmm. said all the things that he, because I know he kind of has like a relationship with Biden and he's also been a huge supporter of him since like day one. And he played a huge role in, you know, his success. So all these black people out here who have just been doing the work, thank you uh, for that because, you know, uh, change only comes when you are able to bring other people with you to create that change. So you bring up you bring up um, as as far as black people in this election, right? Can we just stay there for one second? Because I want us to kind of take in and really, really understand or try to understand like what was at play during this election. Um, right. Even now, what what are the votes that are getting counted, right? Think about it. The ones in Georgia, these heavily, heavily populated areas with our people. Um, right. In Philly, like Aldwin mentioned earlier, there has been voter suppression. There right. is definitely gerrymandering at play. And right. honestly, I think we've been suppressed for so long. Um, yeah. It, we had no choice but to come out and and do what we did in this election. Like we we had to do it for ourselves. I, I don't know. I've, to your point earlier, mm-hmm. Isabella, how you kind of felt off and just weird and stressed after. And girl, I still feel off. I came in and you right. <laughs> and I still feel, feel off. It. That's Fact. the problem because it's I, like exactly. Go ahead. 
yeah, I mean, I just kind of want to take note. Like, y'all know he still hasn't conceded, right? This man yep. is still talking about lawsuits and suing and like, what is going on? Is this a democracy or is this a, is this a dictatorship? I'm so confused. Listen. Like, never in my how many years of life I've been existing, over 20 years of life I've been existing, has it been a point where <laughs> someone loses and we haven't heard from the person as to what how they're going to move forward with this the new administration coming in it doesn't make any sense it, it makes me fearful of my what's going to go on is there about to be a war like what's going on like it it's either you you walk out or you don't and right. he hasn't made that clear and that's giving me anxiety um mm-hmm. like it's, it's giving me anxiety but i do know that as many lawsuits as he's given so far you know mm-hmm. they've been dismissed thankfully because he doesn't have any fruitful evidence to have that come up yep. come to play um and i know at the end of the day it's like america's democracy has to prevail over one person like that's i know that's a thing and um that's the only thing that's kind of keeping me a little bit saying like okay like no matter what happens he can't just bend the rules because he's trump he he has to follow america's you know governing system no matter what and so i'm hoping with that um you know, that we can move forward as a nation, that we can finally feel like, okay, we're about to safely transition. Like, but you know, y'all, sometimes I'd be having this bad feeling in the pit of my stomach and I just don't know what it is. Like, I'm just trying, to, I'm trying to shake it off. I'm trying to shake it off. <laughs> just going back real quick, I just want to say my bad uh, on uh, potential Senator Warnock, said his name incorrectly. So just wanted to say that and shout out to him. I know he's a reverend at Ebenezer Baptist Church, which is formerly where Martin Luther King was a deacon at, and I had the opportunity to listen to him so i really hope he wins but going back to what you guys were saying yes he needs to concede certainly it'll happen and i was watching news today and uh many of his advisors have been telling him like yo like you gotta figure out a way out this like we know that it's not looking right for you and but you still want to prevail you want to push through but he already has like the thought in mind but he's not putting out there publicly that he he knows that he lost essentially so it's very interesting to see the psychological dynamic behind this but we do know January 20th, 2020, that he must be out. It is written in the Constitution at 12 p.m. So whether it's going to be FBI or whatever, but he's going to be kicked out the White House. So, right. Know. And and to your, we oh, I'm sorry about no, go ahead. anxiety because I'm feeling it too. If y'all right. can't, maybe y'all can even sense it. Um, imagine the the immigrants like how they must feel or must have felt <laughs> and probably still feel. Um, right, just kind of sitting around as we weigh in the balance and just we're just sitting waiting right now um but good news the biden harris administration does have plans to end immediately the uh muslim travel ban mm-hmm. since since you know the ban was i think it was a result of the presidential proclamation not passed by Congress, but this could immediately end the ban upon taking office and some other things. I'm not, I don't remember off the top, but. Right. And those are important things to consider, especially like with ice. We know the, Mm -hmm. uh, we know the role that ice has played um, in America. Look at our own 21 Savage who I had never known that he literally is not like he's from London um, and he had his own dealings with ICE, you know, and mind you, 21 had like a substantial Mm -hmm. like platform, a substantial career in America. He's been here for a minute and he still was vulnerable to what ICE could have done to him. So I know that we've kind of had an unhealthy relationship in America with how we deal Mm -hmm. with immigration. And Mm -hmm. so it is time for us to, you know, to give some ownership back to immigrants because listen, immigrants 
built this country and that's on period i don't i don't care what how you stand i don't care whether you're republican or democrat everyone here majority of people here are immigrants and that's on period so based on that we need to stop trying to demonize immigration because that is why america is successful to this day and i'm gonna Mm -hmm. leave it at that yeah, it's interesting when we talk about ICE and the, the history behind ICE. And, uh, you know, I was watching a documentary on Netflix and it, it just showed the uh, Trump's uh, administration enforcement of ICE and how it really separated so many families and made unfortunate circumstances for so many people. And then even recently, right. within the last month, there was a gynecologist at an ICE facility in Georgia that was um, doing hysterectomies on women without their consent. You know, women from you know various countries, including Nigeria and uh, mm-hmm. uh, his um, Spanish-speaking countries as well. And they found mm-hmm. out that, you know, once they got out that, hey, I can't have children anymore. What happened? So you right. just hear these right. atrocious stories. And then it's it's like, what is going on? Like, And the, the, the federal administration is not saying anything about it. It's like they're putting it under the rug. You cannot do that. That is a disservice to the citizens and the immigrants in America. And, and it just makes me so, so, so pissed off. Right, right. And you mentioned uh, like the hysterectomies being done unwillingly to these people and let's talk about you know reproductive health and like how that's also been under constant Mm -hmm. attack you know in america with people trying to restrict abortion laws people trying to restrict you know birth care access and planned parenthood and all of these things like it's just been really really i think just a constant attack over women's bodies in general um Mm -hmm. which is kind of like when have when has ever come to a point where you can control how a person uses their body and what they do with it um i think that's weird (laughs) just just right. lack of a better term it's weird um so that's an important thing that we also hope that the biden harris administration can you know uh, cover and make sure that we take that into accord because it's been under a constant attack and it, you know what's funny they can try to control our bodies but they won't control gun laws mm. right <laughs> like right <laughs> there, there's so many other things that actually matter on a grand right. on the grand scale versus what I choose to do as a as a woman with my body. Right. Um, and thankfully, um, thankfully we have a new administration coming in and I'm I'm hoping that that they will take into consideration um the need for reform with uh firearm laws. Right. And I mean, I I don't know. How do y'all feel about it? Well, you know, I think that um, gun control has been an issue for as long as I a can remember, time. especially when it comes to school shootings and all of these things, right? Um, and what we deem as people, someone being mentally ill versus not mentally ill and all of those things into consideration. However, it, it always seems to me that uh, people who are Republican or identify as Republican um, kind of see it as, oh, you're taking away my guns. You're taking away my my right to protect myself, which is like, okay, I do agree that we need to protect ourselves to mm-hmm. you know a certain extent. However, when it comes to a point that guns are just being freely given and I, you know, and I know that um, the previous administration just kind of they weren't with the gun control, but with the current administration, they are voting no to um, prohibiting lawsuits against gun manufacturers. So, um, like, I don't know why it wouldn't be possible to put a lawsuit against a gun manufacturer if anyone is just able to get a gun. And right. as well as um, they voted no to like 
having more penalties for gun and drug violations. Um, so essentially that would increase mandatory penalties for the illegal transfer or use of firearms, um, fund additional drug case prosecutors and require background checks on purchasers at, gun- purchasers at gun shows. So I'm just a little bit confused why that wasn't happening before. I'm very confused. But yeah, these are things that they voted no for, which I think is kind of obvious because if you don't have that control, right, you have people who are who shouldn't have guns having guns and using them wildly um mm-hmm. you also just have and i think too we even need to talk about gun control regards to law enforcement because they to yes. me need a, a, a training again 100. on on gun control because they're, they're not getting yeah. it clearly we've had a lot of cases of uh black people just being shot <laughs> like criminally and violently for no reason because mm-hmm. they haven't been able to know or practice what they've been taught about uh, the useful way to use a gun you know um yeah before we we go on to more firearm policy let's circle back back to um the aca and also some reproductive health things so uh, according to biden uh he plans to build on the aca free preventative care and contraception the public option will cover contraception and women's constitutional rights under Roe v. Wade to restore ACA contraception's mandate from before Hobby Lobby's decision. It's also going to have a accommodation allowing women to access contraceptive coverage from mm-hmm. providers outside of employer-provided plans, supports the repealing of the Hyde Amendment. It also He will also do everything in his power to stop state laws violating Roe v. Wade, restore federal funding for Planned Parenthood, and he's also eliminating the global gag rule, which bars U.S. federal government from supporting organizations who offer information on abortion services. So Love I wanted that. to know what you guys thought of that. I think that's for me personally, I think that's incredible that he, as you guys mentioned, women should have the right and freedom and liberty to choose what they want to do with their bodies. Uh, I personally right. believe in that and uh, upholding the integrity of that, I think is part of moving forward toward a progressive America that's needed today. And I respect the woman's right to do that. Um, it, it's unfortunate um, in the past that a lot of the, a lot of the support for that has waned. But now, like we're moving toward a brighter future in regards to this, and every woman has that decision, has that power to take in place when the time is appropriate for them to do that. So I think uh, that's a beautiful thing. Right, and, and yeah, like. It. Yeah, it's very much appreciated. And I do think that, yeah, it goes without saying that it's important for um, people to feel like they have ownership over their lives. Once again, mm-hmm. going back to law enforcement, because that's yep. been a constant threat because yes. of that. Um, y'all know how I feel about just black people just just being attacked, right, for being black. Mm-hmm. I just oh, I don't vibe with it. I don't rock with it. It's just it's not my and I know we don't vibe with it. And we don't rock with it. But um, I do know with uh, the Biden Harris administration, it's a little bit complicated, right, when it comes to law enforcement, just yep. because Kamala was in herself known as the top cop. Right. Um, she <laughs> right. is very much involved with law enforcement. Um, mm-hmm. Biden has a lot of buddies, I believe, who are also in law enforcement. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit complicated in regards to how they felt about it in the past. I do know that um, there was a point in time when Biden had supported something called the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act in 1994, which mm-hmm. essentially um, it, it enacted during a surge in violent crime in the late 80s and 90s that basically um, has been the rise of mass incarceration 
during those years, especially for Black Americans. Um, so, but on you know on the other turn though, he did also support an act called the Ninth the Violence Against Women Act of 1994, which essentially helped to provide funding for victim services, um, especially people who you know had rape cases and stuff like that, and giving them that platform um, as well. So this is you know before. Uh, He's been running for vice president or when he was vice president during his time in government. But now um, during his current administration, he does. uh, I know he doesn't specifically or specifically support um, the what's it called Um, defunding the police. Mm -hmm. Um, However, he does believe that there should be more money allocated towards um, community policing programs and ways that we can. Be also be able to have alternatives for incarceration, expanding funding for mental health and substance abuse treatment, eliminating the death penalty, which Kamala Harris also is not wasn't a supporter of the death penalty, um, mm. and even ending the use of or ending the federal government's use of private prisons. So he has been on the wave of trying to make law enforcement more inclusive of other options versus just killing someone or just locking somebody up, right? Because those are not the only ways you can effectively do law enforcement. Right. And you know, speaking about law enforcement, like every time I see videos of, you know, my, my black brothers and sisters getting killed or shot or whatnot, I'm like, yo, why can't we just pull out a taser? Like, why you got to pull out a whole full weapon? You know, this individual may be suffering from mental health issues or may, right. maybe going through a bad day. And not to, not to say that law enforcement officials shouldn't protect themselves, but I think that there should be some moderation in terms of shooting to kill rather than shooting to kind of you know, warn, warn an individual and also shooting to kind of, you know, de- decapitate them in terms of like restricting them from movement and not allowing them to attack you. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just, it's, it's just so frustrating. You know, like every time I walk out the street, walk out on the street and I see a NYPD car and I'm, you know, my blood pressure start rising, anxiety start, you know, rushing over. And sometimes I cross the street, you know, sometimes I just like walk like fast, you know, and without even, you know, coming to a realization of that in that moment. But afterward, I just think about it like, damn, like I could have really, like really been killed right now. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just crazy to have that thought, you know, and it's, it's really scary. You know what, Alvin, you, it's so sad that you feel that way. You're not the only black person that feels that way. Like when you see right. a cop, you cross the street and you just don't want to be seen right. by right. them at all. And um, I was reading an article on ABC, I think it was ABC News, and it was talking about how as far as people or black people with mental illness, um, it's like one quarter of fatal police shootings involve people with mental illness. So wow. in New York, I don't know if you've seen, but they are, uh, Mayor de Blasio has started this um, initiative to start sending mental health responders mm-hmm. instead of police. Um, right. When, when 911 calls are received. And I mm-hmm. mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Because mm-hmm. if you have this amount of, of black people being gunned down with mental health disorders, like it it, it kind of, it does make sense to put something like this in place. So maybe the administration can actually look into this on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to so quickly many... plug in too, like with okay. Walter Wallace, um, right. you know, who was just recently killed in West Philly, which I live, yep. <laughs> you know, going being at Penn and not too far yep. from where I live. Like, it's just crazy how, you know, he it's just a perfect example of what you're talking about, Erica, which is people who have mental health issues who aren't being I guess, received in the way they should be received instead of being in a facility that could help nurture them. They're being attacked by police in front of their mother. You know, it's very Mm -hmm. sad to see. Mm. And it just goes to show that we have a long way to go um, when it comes to 
um, effectively helping those who have mental health issues and how to treat them versus just sending cops who honestly are not the people that are in the position to help um, someone like that. And so I do yeah, think that the turn, <laughs> right. You're not clinician. You, you, you don't have a doctor right. title. You, you didn't train for this and that's not your job and we need to stick to our jobs. And I think that also goes into just like talking about, you know, our environmental space and how it's being, um, I guess, taken care of, like, where are these people coming from? How are they living? Right. Especially in places like West Philly, you know, environment, mm-hmm. like we're not even talking about how people are breathing in harmful pollutants. People are not yep. having access to clean water in some areas right like these are things that all are kind of interconnected in terms of just like not being supported in terms of where you live and your community right and so i do want to kind of plug in quickly about you know the green new deal yeah which biden is a huge proponent of um you know it the green new deal essentially is this framework of helping to meet climate changes that we faced we know that uh, when it came to the previous administration they didn't really believe in science um Mm -hmm. Clearly, they wasn't following the scientists who know how we can move forward with everything in regards to climate change and even this pandemic um, and how we're going to move forward from that as well. So hopefully we're going to be seeing a little bit more science. um, But with the Green New Deal, you know, essentially they want to, one, make sure that the U.S. is able to embrace greater ambition on an epic scale to meet the scope of this challenge of climate change and um, pollutants and environmental toxins and to make sure that our environment and our economy are complete and totally connected, which I do think that the economy and environment are very much interchangeable. Like they're very much connected to each other. You can't really separate one from the other. And so it's important that we take that um, head on and really focus our energy on that. Yeah. I I saw, I read an environmental consulting agency gave the uh, Trump administration a a F and then uh, vice president, uh, um, vice president Biden, when he was with Obama, they got a B from that same agency. So it's going to be interesting to see how the change in environment, whether that's, you know, clean emissions, you know, I always believe in the fact that we have to be very efficient with our energy. Uh, Me personally, I believe I'm a love of earth, you know, and everything we do each and every day, it affects the earth, whether it's the animals, whether the air we breathe. And so, you know, going into the uh, Green New Deal will provide opportunity for me that I believe will be jobs an opportunity to promote awareness about what are ways that we can uh, create a safe environment for our future, not only for us, but we have to also think about our descendants, right? Like our great grandkids, our great, great, great grandkids. We want them to live on an earth that is cherished, that is loved, that creates, you know, just enriching resources in an environment not just for humans but for animals as well and the like so um, I'm, I'm very proud to see uh, where this thing goes and uh, hopefully um, things will change you know whether it's you know energy ef- efficient cars whether you know we start having solar panels on all the buildings on in, in Manhattan right instead of right. using the standard electricity now we get an energy from the sun that gives us the direct energy we need the vitamin d that we need combat osteoporosis yeah. by the way so it's, it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> <Shameless> <laughs> and, I, and I want to plug in, of course, that my girl AOC, I, anyone who knows me, I'm a huge AOC fan. Hey, she yes, is, she of course, the one who pretty much brought the Green New Deal into fruition, right? Like that was essentially her platform. However, mm-hmm. Biden is a supporter of that. And he's made that he's made that clear that he's a supporter of that and also trying to bring light to how our country desperately needs it. But, you know, um, AOC and Biden, like they're AOC is the one who brought that into fruition, but Biden is just kind of like he, he's for it and he wants to see it come into into existence. Mm. We have lots to look forward to, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> with this with this new administration. 
But remember, mm-hmm. let's hold them accountable, like we said. So Absolutely. whatever they say, yes. we're going to look straight down their policies and what they want to initiate. And we got to make sure we hold them, give them responsibility to do that. You know, ensuring we call the offices, ensuring that, hey, Biden, you need to step up. And that's why, you know, we, we need our also people like celebrities, people that are in the political arena to really advocate for these things that they talked about. You know what I mean? Right. And stop worrying about these tax cuts if you're not making a whole lot of money. I'm sorry. Should I I'm not have saying, said that? Bruh. Should I have said that like That's that? Fact. I'm sorry. Hold I'm up. saying. Did y'all see like Biden put out his taxes? Out like, <laughs> like my man, he, he he made what? I think it was almost a million dollars and they took out like $300,000 of taxes. You know what I'm saying? My man is not complaining. And I Trump is not that. even, That's but the gags that Trump is not even Wait. paying taxes, apparently. Right. Like, I found out, I, listen, I don't know if y'all listened to that uh, speech that Obama said in Philly. My guy was angry. Like, I ain't never oh, seen facts. Obama talk out. Like, notice how Obama's been chilling in Martha's Vineyard. Cool. Like, he doesn't <laughs> right, involve right. himself in the nonsense, right? Like, right, ever since right. he was done with his two terms, he said, okay, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not finished. with this. However, mm-hmm. it, it, it's we've come to a point in our country where, you know, Obama had to speak up. He had to come out of his little shell and, and start trying to talk to the masses to get some, you know, get some things rolling. And he did just kind of state how, you know, essentially like this is or sorry, I don't know why I completely forgot. Yeah, taxes. Right. So like essentially he was just talking about how like, you know, Trump himself was not even paying taxes with all the money that this man makes. He was like, I think, paying the same amount of taxes that like maybe someone would make in just one salary like and notice everyone knows how much trump makes like as an individual. And the fact that he was just dodging taxes to me is like, why do y'all think that someone who's not even responsible with his taxes is going to help you out like let's make that right. distinction clear so i don't know um please that, just forget it like please just how, stop complaining about this tax thing because right. it's it's really a figment of your imagination everybody has to pay taxes and tax. based on your salary you will pay your appropriate taxes and that's on period no one's going to make you pay more than what you can't afford like i don't i don't know what's clicking but yeah right, i started my research job at yale a couple of weeks ago and i'm like by my second check i'm like yo i paid more taxes than trump like bro there's <laughs> freaking two checks like yo what's going on this is not right you know what i mean so it's crazy he owes 400 million dollars in taxes and i, I don't oh. understand how people could vote for an individual <laughs> that does not pay taxes as a standard american right that's typically middle class or around that area that's a hard-working american like right that does not compute. So it's just confusing how you could support someone that is kind of a antithesis to what you're trying to accomplish. You know what I mean? So right. it says a lot. And for those of us who are still single and might be looking, <laughs> looking to get with somebody, know yeah. that couple, couples filing jointly could earn, uh, or who could earn up to roughly, I think like 80,000 would benefit from uh, the tax changes that would come Huh. With the Biden, mm. the Biden Harris administration, so you know, next month we we might get into talking about how to get with somebody. Okay. Dating. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Money up. No, but I just just a joke to throw in there because people really have been going left with this tax thing, and it's annoying. So stop. Right. <laughs> I'm saying y'all need to calm stop. down. We all gonna pay tax at the end of the day. Please let it go. <laughs> right. Well. Thank you all for listening, being our loungers. This this episode was much needed. We wanted to talk to you all about what is to come with the new administration. I think we're all still praying. What y'all think, Izzy? Yeah, Alvin, girl. Y'all still praying. 
I have no, a little feeling forever. in the pit of my stomach, but you know what? It's the voice that's telling me that things got to get better. That's a little bit louder. So hopefully I'm going to just stick with that because can't let the negativity drown us, right? We got to move forward, stay positive. That's Absolutely. it. I agree. You know, we there's only one direction you can go and it's up. But, you know, during that 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 first week when it was election week, you know, I was nervous and all that. You know, I'm still studying for my complex level two and I'm like worried about that. And I'm worried about the election and my future, whether I'm going to have crazy interest rates, whether, you know, I'm going to have opportunity, you know, what I'm saying to still live and, you know, provide for my future family, potentially all these kind of things. So it's it's really phenomenal how things have progressed and they've changed, you know, despite uh, what we thought or perceived of initially. So I'm really excited and happy and looking forward to what the future holds for us thank y'all for tuning in and we will see you for our next episode december wrapping up the year and that's about it let us know your thoughts about the discussions we had today by emailing us at podcast at snma.org check it out be sure to follow the SNMA on social media to stay up to date on upcoming events like SNMA's elections. We are so excited, y'all. SNMA is a nonprofit org ran by medical students at the local, regional, and national level. That's some boss moves, baby. The theme for elections is fulfilling our mission as pioneers of impact. And believe me when I tell you, the SNMA is the safe space you want to be in as you grow as a physician leader. Whether you have interest in finances, health policy, international affairs, community service, and pipeline work or media, there is room for you. So please think about applying so you can have a seat at the table. Visit snma.org slash elections committee to learn about the positions available. We're all we got and we are waiting with you with open arms for you to join the team. 